morning, everyone. Now, recently we have been walking our way through 1 John, and I'm going to pick up from where David left off a couple of weeks ago. John's letter is kind of like a spiral staircase in, in structure, and as you work your way through the letter, you get to see some of the key pictures from different positions and angles. A lot of people believe that the the two kind of masterpieces in John's letter are God is light in chapter 1 verse 5 and God is love in chapter 4 verse 8. And John's repetitive style brings these into focus quite often through the book. So if I touch on anything that David's already covered, don't worry about it. That's just the kind of style of the letter. Our theme for uh, 1 John is to walk this way or as... 1 John 2 verse 6 says, walk as Jesus walked. And John wants to encourage us to walk in a way that reflects God's light in right belief and God's love in right behaviour. Does anybody know who this guy is? It's uh, Joey Barton, for those of you who don't follow football. And um, a few weeks ago on the last day of the premiership, he was being a bit silly, which he normally is. He's, he's kind of like the bad boy of the premiership. So um, he was given a red card for whacking Carlos Tevez, who's rolling about the floor there. And um, whenever he was being sent off, he thought to himself, I'll try and start a fight with everyone else. So I enticed them into getting a red card as well. So there's lots of controversy about it. And when I was watching it on, on Match of the Day that night, I thought I would see what Joey Barton was saying about about all of this because I know he's a kind of prolific tweeter so I looked at his Twitter profile and he had in his bio this quote all know the way few actually walk it I thought it's very strange for Joey Barton to have in his Twitter bio but I was thinking about this passage and I was thinking about what I was going to say and I thought do you know that's very relevant for us it's maybe not the best place to draw material for a sermon but (laughs) But hopefully as we read this passage, you'll see the relevance. This, the, the passage we have here in front of us this morning is going to tell us that as Christians, we do know the way. We've known it from the beginning. But the question is, how do we actually walk it? So let's stand for the public reading of God's word. And we're going to read 1 John 2, chapter 18 to 3, 10. And I, I, I can't, I'm not sure I remember, but I think it's page 1226 in the Pew Bible. Thanks, Nigel. So everybody else, join Nigel and stand for the public. (laughs) Dear children, this is the last hour. As you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? It is the man who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a man is the Antichrist. He denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever acknowledges the Son has the Father also. See that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. 
If it does, you also will remain in him and the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, even eternal life. I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you receive from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just that it has taught you, remain in him. And now, dear children, continue in him, so that when he appears we may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who does what is right has been born of him. How great is the love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Everyone who sins breaks the law. In fact, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him is no sin. No one who lives in him keeps on sinning. No one who continues to sin has either seen him or known him. Dear children, do not let anyone lead you astray. He who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who does what is sinful is of the devil, because the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. No one who is born of God will continue to sin, because God's seed remains in him. He cannot go on sinning, because he has been born of God. This is how we know who the children of God are and who the children of the devil are. Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. Let's just pray. Father God, there's a lot in this passage and I pray that what will encourage us and challenge us and bring us closer to you will come to the fore and that you will speak to us through your precious word. Amen. Please take your seats. I've uh, derived a, a statement for this passage And I've used these two themes I mentioned at the start. God is love and God is light. And how we are to, um, as as God's light would inspire us to to right belief and God's love inspired us to right behaviour. And I've also used Joey Barton's uh, Twitter bio, all know the way if you actually walk it. And tried to address this, how do we actually walk the way? So the statement I've derived from the passage, what I believe God wants us to to learn from this passage is that we can walk this way by truth and life. Or to be more specific, we can walk this way by remaining in truth and life, by continuing in truth and life, by committing to truth and life, by putting down roots into truth and life, by making a home in truth and life, by being faithful to truth and life, by enduring in truth and life, by abiding in truth and life. Now, some of the astute amongst you will see what I've done here. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So what I believe God wants to say to us this morning from the passage is that we can walk this way. We can walk as Jesus walked. 
by truth and life. Oh, I said that enough times. <laughs> Repetition is one thing, but that's... So let, let's look at the text. Written around AD 85 to, to 95, the false teachers or the Antichrist John is referring to are now more sneaky and subtle and sophisticated than they have been before, just like they are today. And John wants to clarify the truth. John was probably Jesus' closest friend, and he had witnessed the person of God in Christ. And he's not going to stand false teaching disputing this fact. In verse 20, we see that John has told Christian readers that they have the Holy Spirit received when they became Christians so they know the truth. We see in verse 22 to 23, John speaking of the false teachers denying Jesus as Christ. And if an individual does not recognize Jesus as the Christ, sent from the Father to be our Savior, to die for our sins, they are against Christ, they are anti-Christ. They cannot have a relationship with God because they deny the very pathway that that relationship can happen. The truth is Jesus is the Messiah. Whoever rejects him rejects God's rescue plan, but whoever accepts him accepts God at the same time. In the last 20 years, it is said that the number one objection to Christianity has been Christians thinking that that they have the only way to God. And in our pluralistic world, it's very hard for people to take. In a world of of tolerance, it's completely intolerable. But here's the problem. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me, in John 14, verse 6. Is Jesus being intolerant here? Or is he telling the truth? I read that 71% of Americans don't think there's absolute truth, and probably the statistic would be higher in the UK and Ireland. To society, truth is very much relative to a person's situation. But Jesus says there is absolutely absolute truth, and it's not found in religion or philosophy or the ever-changing world of science, but it's found in a person, Jesus Christ. Get to know Jesus and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. John 8.32 When it comes to false teaching, John doesn't pull his punches here in this passage. And neither should we. He calls the so-called the Gnostics of this time who were denying the incarnation, the atoning death and the resurrection, bodily resurrection of Jesus. He calls them liars in chapter 2 verse 4, chapter 2.22 and chapter 4 verse 20. But John gives us an antidote to falling into false teaching on the Christian faith. And John's antidote is to hold fast to what we have heard from the beginning. Verse 24. The fundamentals taught by the apostles and confirmed in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So how do we walk this way by truth? We walk this way by abiding in his truth. My four-year-old son, Isaac, almost daily says to me, Daddy, let's see how my whistling's getting on. So so I say to him, okay, Isaac, let's see how your whistling's getting on. And he he goes... Now, 
It's been going on for months. I, I, I kid you not. He is really committed. He wants to be a good whistler. <laughs> and he, he knows what he wants to aspire to. So he has set about to practice diligently. To remain or abide in truth, we must be practicing. David spoke two weeks ago about it being absolutely fundamental to our faith, our growth and survival as Christians that we are Bible-saturated Christians. So practice memory verses, practice quiet times, practice Bible studies, get into the Word and continually learn and relearn the fundamentals of our Christian faith. The character of God, the person of Christ, the activity of the Holy Spirit, our universal human sinfulness, the grace of God and salvation, Christ's atoning death, and resurrection life, the process of becoming like Jesus, and the hope of eternal life. John's antidote to being deceived is to be grounded in the truth and to have life in the Spirit. John reminds us in verse 28 that whatever is going on in our lives, we are to hand it all over to him. It's interesting that in verse 28, It refers to shame that we may feel before Jesus when he returns. And that shame, not coming from sins that we've committed, but from not continuing in him. John says that the way to not be ashamed when Jesus returns is to continue in him, to wait on him, to turn our life moment by moment over to him. Jesus, be the centre, be the source be my life. So we can walk this way by truth and life. And John develops these thoughts about life in him in, in chapter 3. In verse 1, John says, We belong to God as his children. And the intimacy of this is staggering. But it's quite hard to believe. Advertising and media today constantly cause us to to challenge who we are, to be discontent with ourselves. That's how they get us to buy things. This world won't treat us as a child of God. They didn't even recognize Jesus. I love chapter 3, verse 2, because if I'm honest, I, I totally understand why someone would not recognize that I was a child of God, receiving moment by moment my identity from him. Because I know a lot of the time I'm completely rubbish and selfish and I fail. But John assures me, as he does us all, that as Christians we we are God's children now, but it's not completely manifest yet. John says we are becoming. And we cannot yet see the end result, but we can know that when Jesus, the Son, appears, we shall be like him. Because we shall see him as he is. Verse 4 to 6, John is telling his readers that as God's children, our relationship with sin is changed. And when we are abiding in him, in his life, we will not sin, because in him there is no sin. But John knows that we will still sin. The, The becoming process takes time. And when we turn from Jesus to someone or something else, We are not abiding in him in that moment. And that sins of the devil. But it's something else that God needs to redeem in our lives as we we hand it over to him. And this he does gladly. Because verse 8 tells us 
That's why Jesus came. From John 2:29 to 3:10, John draws a series of pictures of two contrasting groups of people, the children of God and the children of the devil. And John wants Christians to use these profiles to check against false teachers. Like Jesus who said in Matthew 7:15 to 16, "Watch out for false prophets. By their fruit you will know them." In John's day, the so-called Gnostics were saying sin is a natural part of our physical body. It's, it's okay to sin. It doesn't really do you any harm. Because it's a head thing. It's a knowledge or a, a gnosis that brings us to God in, in spirit. Our bodies don't really matter. But John is saying no. Sin is not a part of the life of Christ. It's what he came to take away. It's harmful to us. It has consequences. And it's no longer natural to us. John concludes this section by saying in verse 10, Anyone who does not do what is right is not a child of God, nor is anyone who does not love his brother. As I've said, a big theme of verse John is God is love. And if we want to live in him, draw upon him as our source of life, we need to understand what his nature is. And his nature is love. So there we have it. How do we walk this way? By truth and life. But how do we do anything well? We must practice. Discipline is the order of the day. And as Isaac knows, practice makes perfect. We walk this way by truth. And to practice truth is to practice the fundamentals of the faith and be Bible-saturated Christians. Walk this way by life. How do we practice that? How do we practice remaining in him as our source of life? Well, we are his children. We have a portion of God in us. But do we practice listening? Do we give God time and space to speak to us? Do we practice being open to his leading? To lead us into situations where he can be the love that someone might need as it flows from us. Abiding, remaining, continuing are words that keep coming through in this passage. And they're they're doing words. So we do have to do something to walk this way. But thankfully, it's, it's not all about us trying. The message here is, we have his spirit. So as well as practicing truth and life, we need to trust in him to be our truth and life. We are his children. We have his nature, and his nature is love. Thank you.